Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I'm a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 181. Last week I said that we were going to talk some rookies over these next few weeks, but I really realized that uh, I'm going to take my time and wait to make those changes to my rookies rankings after the NFL draft because that's really when we get the two most important pieces, the draft capital and the landing spot. It didn't feel like I made too many changes. I did update my rookie rankings, so you can go look at those. I made some little adjustments this last week, but I really want to wait until we get those last pieces to then begin to give you kind of the last bit of information, my take at least, as to you know what your rookie board should look like when it comes time to your rookie drafts as they get started. But for now, knowing that I'm going to miss a podcast next week, some of you all know that I'm a pastor, which means next week, this weekend is, or this weekend is Easter weekend, which just means my normal time of prep and getting ready for these podcasts and we're working on the website. I usually do that on the weekend and I'm not going to be able to this weekend. So I'm going to take a week off next week from the podcast as well as from articles and updating my rankings and we'll be good to go as soon as the NFL draft happens. What I thought I'd do this week though is actually talk about some trades because there's been uh, many off-season trades including uh, several that I've made over the last couple weeks and trades during the off-seasons are pretty fun. Uh, they give you a chance to kind of reflect on the dynasty, how you know the whole dynasty community values players and how they value this year's rookie class because now is about the time when you start to see a lot of you know, rookie draft picks being traded. And so that's happened a lot in my leagues. And so I thought I'd just talk about a bunch of the trades that happened in my leagues just so you can get an idea what other dynasty freaks think about the value of players and the value of these 2022 picks. And in some cases, you'll hear at the end of the 23 picks were drafted as well. So let me jump in and just talk about some of these trades. Hope that it helps you kind of evaluate uh, players and draft picks as we near our rookie drafts. One trade that took place was DJ Moore. He was traded for 1.7 and 1.8. So two draft picks, 1.7 and 1.8 for DJ Moore. So the two teams involved in this trade uh, must have had very different opinions about this rookie class. The team that traded away picks is rebuilding and has the 1.1 in this year's rookie draft. So before this trade, he had three first round picks to help him rebuild. He decided that he'd rather have what they say the bird in the hand with DJ Moore uh, more than the two birds in the bush with you know these mid first round picks with pick seven and pick eight. Um, I have a tear break actually in my rankings right now at 1.6 and so he must have felt the same way. Uh, the team that traded to get the two picks is a contending team um, that did not have any first or second round picks that is until now. Uh, he must think that taking a stab at two players um, and the hope of, you know, that at least one of them, if not two of them, hit, that he's actually going to buy back years on DJ Moore. Um, I don't have Moore ranked as high as most Dynasty managers, so I think I'd actually prefer, in this draft, I think I'd rather, rather prefer the two picks um, in this rookie class, 1-7 and 1-8. Now, there's definitely a lot of depths in this year's wide receiver class, so taking two receivers at 1.7 and 1.8 uh, really could make this trade work for his team, too. Uh, drafting Brees Hall at 1.1, though, the guy that still has his, he had three first-round picks, now he's just got one. But it is the 1.1, so he's probably going to be grabbing Brees Hall because he's really weak at running back. And, um, you know, you can look at it for him. What he's going to add is Brees Hall and DJ Moore is what you would say that he drafted in this year's first round. One way to look at it. The price seems about right to me, though if I was to pick one side, I think I'd rather have the picks than DJ Moore in this case. 
Next trade uh, was one that I made. The trade was pretty big. Saquon Barkley, Chase Claypool, and the 1.11. So that's Saquon Barkley, Chase Claypool, and 111. Uh, for Damian Harris, DeAndre Hopkins, and 1.6. So this is, like I said, one of my trades that I made in my Freaks League um, after weeks of discussion with the other manager. He was really looking to move Barkley uh, since he has the 1.1 in this year's rookie draft, and he really needed some depth at wide receiver. And I've been looking to move Hopkins since I was loaded at wide receiver, and he was my oldest wide receiver on my team. Uh, and he needed wide receivers, and I wanted running backs. Uh, this year, uh, in this particular league, I have so many wide receivers I made it my goal to move a wide receiver depth, you know, move one from my depth to try to acquire a running back. And uh, that's what I did here. I'm usually very decisive as a trader. Um, I asked the other manager, but in this case, I asked the other manager to let me think about it for a day. And so I waited for a day before I finally agreed to this offer that he actually made. As I said before, um, I have a tier break in my rookie rankings at 1.6. So I actually really hated to move back to 111. I wanted to keep that 1.6, but I also don't like Claypool very much, as much as most dynasty managers. But I'm intrigued, you know, at the opportunity that I had to get Claypool you know, over Hopkins. I'm really buying back years at least, given the age difference between those two. Ultimately, I decided that Barkley was the one that was worth the cost of moving back in the rookie draft. Uh, I believe that his injuries have been a bit fluky. And most importantly, I believe that the Giants have been horribly coached over the last few seasons. So Brian Dayball and their new offensive-minded head coach, I think that he's going to make the Giants much better as an offensive team. It's definitely going to hurt to lose Hopkins, you know, for this year. But I have, you know, now in that draft, I have pick 1-9, 111, and 112. So I've got three back in the first round shots in the rookie draft. So I'm confident that I'm going to find one or two young players that's going to make my team better in the long run. As for the other manager, uh, he's rebuilding. But now he's got uh, Najee Harris, or I'm sorry, he's got Damian Harris, and the 1 1.1, 1 1.6, 1 1.8, and 1.10. So he's got a lot of uh, room to be added teams to his rebuilding roster as well. I think together, now he and I have seven of the top 12 picks. We're going to both improve our teams with the draft. And so I think I'll, obviously, it was my part of the trade. So I'm going to say, obviously, I picked the Barkley and Claypool side of this trade. But it did take me a pretty long time to think about it. If Barkley does not bounce back with this new offense, um, I'm going to regret it for sure. In the same league, here's another trade. Debo Samuel traded for Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, Jarrett Patterson, and 1.9. Wow, this is the same league that I, that I made this trade. Um, I also sold, uh, I was the one that sold uh, Debo Samuel for this big package deal. Uh, the 1.9 pick actually gives me three first-round picks. Like I already said, I have the, the 1.9, 111, and 112. Um, and now I have secured the Rams' backfield, at least for the next few years. I'm hoping that they're, not, they're actually going to draft anyone, but Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson will help me there. It's definitely a risky trade, but I was willing to, to make it, particularly once he threw in the 1.9 when that was added to the deal. I'm willing to part with Samuel for a couple reasons. Um, I believe that the last year was going to be is the best year of his career, the best fantasy year of his career. Uh, he's a fantastic player, and if you follow me, you know he's one of my favorites. Um, but I think he's hit his peak in dynasty value right now. You know, During that run when he was doing so well, George Kittle and Elijah Mitchell's injuries gave him more opportunities, particularly running the ball like he did. Brandon Ayuk, uh, you know, he was out of the you know Shanahan's doghouse by the end of the season. I think he'll start the season better than he did last year. And my biggest concern for Samuel, however, is Trey Lance. I'm afraid the offense is going to take quite a bit of a change with Lance leading the team. Um, the entire offense could be worse, or you could argue that they could be better. We don't really know. But even if they're better, I think Lance could be the one that kind of eats into the dynasty, you know, the fantasy production uh, by, by using his feet to score touchdowns. He's the one that's going to get all the extra touchdowns on the ground. And so 
I'm not sure about his accuracy compared to Garoppolo, though that might not be saying much. Um, I just think Debo has hit his peak, and these concerns really made me willing to sell him, but only at the right price. And the offer, this guy and I have actually been trading back and forth trade offers uh, for a while, and I just felt like the price was right with this kind of trade. The manager who traded him to me, he's in rebuilding mode, and he has picked 1.3 and 1.7. And so from that standpoint, I think he was more willing to give away 1.9 since he has two first-round picks before that. He also has Joe Mixon and Najee Harris, making him very willing to part with the Rams duo. Um, I have A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, and Keenan Allen, so I was willing to move Debo Samuel. Uh, he had the best running back depth in this league, and I had the best wide receiver depth in this league. So we have been talking uh, for, for several weeks trying to make a deal come through, and it finally did. Debo Samuel, I traded him away for Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, Jarrett Patterson, and the 1.9. This next trade wasn't mine, but it was a trade in one of my leagues. Marquise Brown was traded for Dallas Goddard and the 49ers defense. Before you ask, yes, I am in some leagues that have defenses, <laughs> but I don't believe I've ever seen them involved in trade. Yeah, even if this was just a throw-in, as I assume that it was here. In this trade, the team that acquired Brown, I know he's far more active than the other team, and so I assume that he was the one that made the offer. He must have gone in. This was you know, wise thing to do, go in and look at people's depth charts, and he noticed that Jared Cook was the best tight end on the other team's roster, and so he offered Goddard at the right price. I'm sure that Brown you know, maybe wasn't the first offer, but that's where they landed. In a vacuum, I think that I like Goddard as a fantasy asset more than Brown, uh, but knowing that the team that sold Goddard also has TJ Hawkinson and David Njoku and Albert O on their team, I could see why they'd be willing to part with Goddard. So it makes sense why he was willing to let Goddard go so that he could pick up another receiver. Um, he has three great starting wide receivers too. Um, so I think Brown can just provide a little bit of depth for him or be kind of a flex position play for him. It's a fair trade, but I think I'd prefer to start Goddard in the flex over Brown over in the flex most weeks during the, during the season. So I think I you know, would have wanted to keep Goddard there, but I see what both teams are trying to do, and the trade really makes sense. Next trade was one that I made. This one might be a little bit controversial. T. Higgins for C.D. Lamb. <laughs> this is a trade that I made, and I bet most Dynasty managers might disagree with what I did, but I traded away Lamb uh, to get Higgins. It's funny. I made I first made this offer the week of the NFL Super Bowl, uh, Both the but the other manager at that time rejected it. And then a month after the Super Bowl, he made the same offer to me. And now I second-guess myself, and I wasn't sure that I wanted to do it. I had to be honest about my previous trade offer. If I was really doing it kind of at that, you know, to remember at the end of last season, CeeDee Lamb's production really tailed off, and then Higgins soared at the very end of the season. So I went back and just said, let me just look at this again. I was willing to do this at the end of the season. Am I really, really willing to do it now? Went back and looked at their fantasy production, and it's actually almost identical, especially if you go by points per game in the games that they played, if you take away their injuries. T. Higgins has missed a few more games with injuries. Take all that away, and they're both great. Uh, and at the time, um, they were both wide receiver twos on their teams with time of this trade. And I just liked the future of the Bengals, you know, being with Joe Burrow, Higgins being with Joe Burrow, a little bit more than I liked Lamb being with Dak. Um, barring a career-ending injury, I think Burrow's going to play longer than Dak. And so I kind of put that in the figure that was part of why I wanted to keep the guy that was going to be paired with Burrow for a little bit longer time then Lamb will likely be with Dak. But once the Amari Cooper trade happened, I, I did this trade before the Amari Cooper trade, and so once Amari Cooper was traded to the Browns, uh, I really began to question my decision. Um, even now that he's the wide receiver one in Dallas, I still see Lamb and Higgins pretty equally. Uh, they're my ninth and 10th ranked wide receivers right now. So as a Cowboys fan, um, I you know may live to regret this, 
but I doubt that the other manager or I will really regret the grade too much because I think both players are going to continue to be great. Um, I have T. Higgins, and I gave away C.D. Lamb. Pretty big trade. Next trade I'll mention was Rashad Penny was traded for 1.11. 1.11. So after he re-signed with Seattle um, just a few weeks ago, Penny's received kind of a spike in his dynasty value, leading dynasty managers to have to decide, is he a buy candidate or is he a sell candidate? Um, I landed on the buying side personally, and I placed a few offers to teams myself, but I couldn't get a deal done. But here's, you know, this trade wasn't mine. It was just another one made in my league. And I think this is just a really excellent example of like a price check on Penny. In, in the eyes of some managers, he's a first round, you know, he's the first this first round rookie pack pick from 2018 is once again worth a first round rookie pick, which is pretty wild. 2018, he was a first rounder. Almost, well, yes, in every single one of my rookie drafts in 2018, Rashad Penny was a first rounder. And now it looks like his, his uh, value has gone all the way back to that, at least by this trade. I didn't offer a first when I tried to make trades. I tried to offer second round picks to acquire Penny, and I thought that was being aggressive. So from that standpoint, I don't think I would have offered a first round pick for him, even though it's the 111. Um, the team that sold Penny, he is the returning champ, and he didn't have a first or a second round pick. So I think that he was probably happy in part just to you know part with Penny so that he could draft a younger prospect in this year's class, get back into the first round. So I think it was a wise decision on his part from that point. I think if Penny you know gets the gets his head right and plays as he did at the end of the season, the new Penny managers, you know, would say he got the best of this trade. But if the guy that's the defending champ that traded away Penny uh, hits on his 1.11 pick, he's not going to regret buying back those years on Penny as well. A couple more for you. I think four more here. Albert Okwebumam was traded. Uh, he was traded uh, for, this is a trade I made. It was as Albert O in 3.2 traded just to move up to get 2.8. So I made this very simple trade just to move up in this year's rookie class because I have a teardrop off in my rookie rankings at about pick 20. Uh, like I said, I had one at pick 6, and I had another one in my mind at pick 20. And so I was able to part with Albert O because I have Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, and Logan Thomas, and Brevin Jordan, and Mo Alley Cox on my roster, which is way more tight ends than I you know like to roster already. And you know after Noah Fant was traded to Seattle, I tried offering Albert O to several teams. I immediately put him on our trading block. Uh, just because that spike in value that he had, and it was warranted. He should have a, have a spike in value for sure. And I just didn't get many offers. This was the best offer that I got. And um, really, really just traded away my 3.2 just to move into the second round of 2.8 where I have a teardrop at pick 20. I'm hoping that I can get a better rookie and I didn't lose really anything because of the great tight end depth that I have on my team. Speaking of tight ends, the next trade was David Njoku. He was traded for Corey Davis and Tyler Higby. David Njoku for Corey Davis and Tyler Higby. Like Albert O, Njoku's dynasty value spiked when Austin Hooper was cut by the Browns and when Njoku, you know, signed his franchise tag. Uh, his value, you know, spiked even more after Deshaun Watson was traded to the Browns. And so whether the manager with Njoku made this trade offer after the spike in value or whether um, it was the other way around that, that, you know, he was put up on the trading block. We don't know which way, which way it happened. I don't know who offered the trade. But this was the one that was made. Njoku, with that spike in value, was traded for Corey Davis and Tyler Higby. Njoku, I think, has far more upside than Higby. Uh, even though Higby has played, you know, he's had better seasons than Njoku's ever had. That said, the addition of Davis in this trade initially made me favor that package part of the deal. But Davis, however, I really think he could lose a big piece of the pie in the Jets with Elijah Moore healthy and the strong rumors that the Jets plan to draft a wide receiver in the first round of this NFL draft. So there's some big question marks all around with all three of these players for sure. Uh, the Higby and Davis side, 
they have produced, you know, as fantasy players. So it's so it's hard to judge. Um, they have produced before, but I think that their dynasty value is only going down from here. And Joku is the one player in this trade that still has a chance to see his dynasty stock grow. And so from that standpoint, I think he's the best asset over overall in this whole trade. So from that point, I think I'll go with Njoku's side, but I don't know. It's, it's pretty even, I think. He's got the best upside. Davis and Higby are more proven, and we'll probably get spot starts in this league for sure. Next one was a big one. Two more to discuss here. Travis Etienne and 2.8 was traded for 1.6 and a 2023 second round pick. So Travis Etienne and 2.8 traded for 1.6 and a 2023 second round pick. So Etienne was a top three pick in most every rookie draft of mine last year. But after his first year injury uh, has been, you know, he now he's you know moved back. You might say he was 1.3 last year. Now he's 1.6. Uh, you know, he didn't lose much value if he was traded for 1.6. Uh, the team who had Etienne uh, must have had several offers because I was must have made several offers because I was offered Etienne for my 1.4 and a 2023 second round pick. But I'm rebuilding in this league too, and so um, so was the team that was trying to trade Etienne for picks. I would have traded Etienne for 1.4, you know, as a rebuilding team, but I just didn't want to lose a future second round pick because my team needs all the picks that I can get right now. Uh, thankfully, uh, for his team's sake, he found you know a contending team that would you know give a little bit more than I was willing to give for Etn. Um, that's not you know it's not a strong running back class this year, so I don't think that the team that sold Etn is going to find his replacement with 1.6. But it does give him you know good position to get a top wide receiver. I would also like the trade more if he didn't have to include the 2.8. So if he would if he just traded Etn for 1.6 and a 2023 second. That would have been a little bit more fair, but the fact that he had to give Etienne and a second-round pick this year to wait to get a second-round pick the next year, um, I don't like that for his part. <laughs> I wouldn't take the Travis Etienne and the 2.8 on this one. Final price check uh, trade that was made was Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, he was traded for 1.10 and a 2023 second-round pick. Zeke is really a volatile player at this point in his career, and Dynasty managers are wondering if his lack of production at the end of last season was due to nagging injuries or if it's the beginning of the end for him. Uh, Tony Pollard's looming threat to take away his touches is also very concerning. So everyone's kind of wondering what to do with Zeke. And so in this trade, you see two managers who had really different opinions, different sides of the coin with what they think about Zeke. Uh, these teams are both contenders too. So this wasn't about someone trying to sell or get pieces back to rebuild. Both are contenders. The price just seemed right um, to me. When, cont- when, you know, when contending, I tend to um, be the type of manager who's going to ride my player until they die. So if, if I was the team that had Zeke, I probably wouldn't have sold him for this price. But I can see the other side of the coin, too. Uh, it's always shocking to see how fast running backs can fall off. And this, this manager felt like it was time to sell, even though he's a contending team. Now he's got pick 110 and a 2023 second-round pick. And hopefully the other manager is trying to get the best out of Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, interesting price check. I'm not sure where I land on this one. Like I said, if I had Elliott... Um, I would probably, I'm the type of guy that likes to hang on to him till they die, unless I get a really, really good offer. Yeah, but I see this as pretty, um, pretty good price check. Uh, first round pick and a second round pick next year seems about right for Zeke at this point in his career. All right, well, hopefully that helped you guys think about some player values, not just player values, but really values in this year's rookie class because these, these picks are starting to move and people are trying to decide what they think about the class and have been willing to trade while others are in the market trying to buy some of these rookie rookie picks. It's been fun. Uh, been a part of the offseason. Well, that's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. 
Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's. Much better on email than Twitter, so that's the best way to contact me. Like I said, I'm going to miss the podcast next week, just given my work schedule. Take a week off, relax, get ready, because the week after that is the NFL Draft. One of the funnest, best weeks for Dynasty Freaks, for sure. Can't wait. As I say always, I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast and Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot to me. Thanks for listening. I do appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there. Get freaked. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.